Hi, everyone, and welcome to Consumer Watchdog's Rage for Justice Report, our weekly conversation about the topics of the day and the issues that we are exposing, confronting, and changing. As always, I'm your host, Carmen Balber, Executive Director of Consumer Watchdog, and it's Women's History Month. And before the month ran out, I wanted to invite a guest onto the podcast to talk about the long road uh, and fight for women's representation in the halls of power. Um, so I, my guest today, I'm really excited to have, um, who has been fighting uh, for women's equity for many years. Um, she had a pretty audacious idea a few years ago uh, that it was about time to win gender parity in the California state legislature. And she's really become a pioneer on this issue, uh, launching an organization called Fund Her, uh, which is the only PAC that's dedicated to electing progressive women to state legislatures. Um, welcome to the podcast, uh, my friend Val McGinty. Thank you so much, Carmen. It's great to be with you. Great to have you here, Val. So Val's an attorney. Um, she's a, the founder and president of Fund Her. And I will just start with a caveat, which is that, you know, as a, a nonprofit, nonpartisan, 5013C organization, Consumer Watchdog doesn't advocate for or against. Uh, we don't endorse candidates for office, but we do monitor what elected officials do once they're there and whether or not they're protecting the public, uh, promoting equity and justice and while, in while they're in office. And that's why I think Val's work is so important. Um, so I think first things first, Val, you're an attorney um, who decided uh, one day to found a PAC. Tell me about Fund Her, why you decided to launch it. Absolutely. Um, well, certainly being an attorney is, uh, had, had a lot to do with it. Um, you know, seeing uh, early and often that it uh, turns out it does matter who makes the rules. And uh, also noticing that California really plays an outsized role. Um, you know, it's more than uh, just uh, one of 50 states. Uh, it's the world's fifth largest economy, uh, the most populous state, the largest state economy. Um, and so, you know, of course, on the heels of, of the 2016 election, um, as I looked around and thought about, you know, uh, where uh, women stand uh, when it comes to being at those decision-making tables, and of course, uh, being the mother of, of two young daughters, I uh, decided I, I couldn't look at myself in the mirror and, and uh, say that I had done everything I could to level the playing field uh, because I, I really hadn't uh, at that time. And so I started looking around uh, to see what, you know, what was uh, a gap and, uh, that I could fill? Um, what, was there anything that wasn't yet being done? And uh, it turns out that, you know, people pay a lot of attention to federal elections, but not that many people are focused uh, at the state level. And I'm so grateful for the work that Consumer Watchdog uh, does and, and the way that you guys monitor what's happening uh, in the state legislature, because um, I think, uh, as you and I know all too well, um, so many things happen that really affect the day-to-day -day lives uh, many ways, uh, in more in more ways than, than the federal government does. And so for me, that was just an opportunity. I, by golly, if we couldn't get a woman in the White House, uh, we could just quietly put women at the helm of the world's fifth largest economy. And so that's what we started to do. Well, and one of the things I really love about, um, you know, what what Fund Her uh, does and, and the mission and the, and the forums that you hold and the, the ideals is, is the idea that um, when women legislate, 
when uh, women are in power that we see more discussion about issues that are really impacting our communities. Um, you know, women, uh, whatever our ideas of equity are, uh, women still bear the brunt of uh, housekeeping, of child rearing, of family responsibilities and burdens. And so it follows that when we're elected to positions of power, we legislate it on, on those issues. And so that's one of the things that I just think is, is so important is that is that idea that uh, when women are making decisions, we're making decisions that are most likely to directly protect people in our communities. I couldn't agree more. And I mean, it's just stunning to me, uh, you know, like any lawyer who, who wants to, you know, make a good case, you, you start looking at the evidence and, and you hope it's going to line up. Um, and my goodness, it sure does here. I think, you know, in, in a couple of ways, you know, for, for us, I think looking at just the sheer uh, productivity, uh, the dedication to the constituents. And you can see that, for example, um, studies show, for example, that women pass um, uh, twice as many bills as, as men do. Um, studies show that women are more, uh, work more collaboratively uh, with their colleagues um, than their male counterparts. And studies also show that women uh, tend to legislate more than men on three issues uh, that I would argue are, are uh, critical to the stability of, uh, of certainly of California and, and our democracy at large, uh, health care, education, and poverty. Uh, and so to your point, I think it's absolutely uh, critical that we have people um, in our legislatures uh, addressing these issues and proposing the solutions uh, for how to tackle some of our um, biggest problems. I, that that number is just amazing. You just said, Val, twice as many bills are passed by women. That's incredible. Yeah. 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 Wow. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, well, I know that you've had great success in California and you've also branched out to other states. Um, the California legislature, tell me if I've got the number correct, that um, for the first time, and thanks in part to your efforts, is now 30 percent women. That's right. That's awesome. Right. Um, and we're just it, getting started. We That's up from a low of 22%. So uh, if we keep going at this rate, California will be the first top five global economy uh, to reach gender parity. And meanwhile, I think we've got with the last in the la after the last election is Congress about 25% women? Am I, am yes, I getting that I, number that's, right? That's I think? my recollection as well. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, on one level, I have to ask you, why do we have to keep trying so hard? I mean, we, we last year we celebrated the hundredth year of women, white women, at least, uh, uh, winning the right to vote. And then, you know, the decades after it, that uh, different women of color finally won that right as well. Um, women are, women vote more often than men I know, but why is it that we still are nowhere near parity in most representative bodies? You know, I, I think it really, uh, of course, there's so, so many reasons, but one of the things that uh, comes to my mind first is something that you already touched on, which is uh, the expectation of society and that women put on themselves, of course, to um, to take the uh, the brunt of the family responsibilities, and uh, of course now with uh, also parents living longer and and the pandemic that we're all in, you know that's not just kids, that's that's parents. Um, it's it's you know when you're in that sandwich generation, uh, it's the folks above and and below you and the responsibilities, uh, of course, that women have to their families. 
is uh, is something that's uh, you know expected and and almost goes you know un, unsaid. But I think in addition to that, there's really something that um, you know studies also uh, show, which is the of course the cultural norms around what we think a leadership looks like. Um, you know who we think a leader looks like. Um, you know who 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 comes to your mind when you picture kind of the then just the instant you know word association. Um, but then also the realities, of course, the hard realities of access to capital, and that's that's really why why we're here because um, studies show that women uh, lack access to wealth, lack access to traditional funding sources, and you know of course. Until we get money out of politics, we know that um, you know Facebook, radio, TV, uh, nobody works for free. And and when you're trying to get your message out to explain to voters um, why you are the best person for the job, uh, you can't do that without the resources to get there. Money always plays a huge role. Absolutely, why fund her is so important. And actually, it's it's Women's History Month. Um, and actually, Wednesday. Uh, was a notorious day, uh, Equal Pay Day, uh, which marks the day in the year that is how far, on average, a woman has to work to earn what a man did in the year before. So uh, I'm trying to think of what day that was. I think it was March 23rd or March 24th uh, was Equal Pay Day. So as a woman, we had to work until March 24th to earn as much as men did in 2020. And of course, the wage gap is even worse for Black and Brown and Indigenous women. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that, uh, especially in this moment right now, right, where we hear about people saying, um, you know, are you kidding me? This is not a pandemic. This is a she-demic. Um, okay. You know, the the rate of the secession of women from the workforce is um, really troubling when you look at the numbers in December and, and, uh, and it showed, uh, I think, you know, 150 some odd thousand uh, jobs lost. And they said, oh, but actually it was actually 164,000 lost by women. It's just that men gained some jobs. <laughs> and so uh, you think to yourself, my goodness, and, and what does that mean? Because when you're out of the workforce, of course, the chance for promotion, the chance for seniority, the benefits, all of the things that are connected and linked to, uh, to a job and to economic uh, well-being and, and economic security uh, goes hand in hand. And I, I couldn't agree with you more. You know, if, if women, if white women are at, you know, 80 cents roughly to a man's dollar uh, for women of color, it's as low as 54 cents. And uh, to your point, that's exactly why women need that assistance um, on the fundraising side. Uh, it's why we're so proud, you know, 70% of the women, the 35 women in five states that we've helped elect um, are women of color or of the LGBTQ plus uh, community. It's just, you just can't um, underestimate the impact and the, the difficulty and the hurdles uh, that folks have to go through. And, and we need their voices uh, to help us craft those uh, solutions. Absolutely. Um, so maybe we, maybe we end with an, a, a concrete example of what adding women to a legislature can do. Um, and I'm talking about uh, the vote in the Virginia legislature to finally uh, be the final state uh, to ratify the Equal Rights Amendment. Absolutely. What what a triumphant moment that was. And when we helped flip Virginia Blue in 2019, 
uh, one of the candidates that we helped elect, uh, Virginia Senator Gazala Hashmi, um, her victory clinched the majority for the Dems in the Senate 21-19. And to have that victory under our belts and then to watch almost in slow motion, uh, although it happened, of course, uh, in, with lightning speed, but in the weeks that followed, uh, as, as, uh, as the first thing that these women did, uh, you know, as soon as they were sworn in, was to help get that passed. And Virginia became the 38th and final state to pass the Equal Rights Amendment. And really interesting uh, on the politics of that, uh, just this week or last week, I guess it was, um, the House, the U.S. House voted um, to extend the deadline for adoption of the ERA because although Virginia Virginia became the last state necessary to ratify it, then there was some question about the deadline having expired. So the House last week just voted to extend that that deadline, moving us just, you know, that one final step closer, which is now the U.S. Senate towards finally uh, making that amendment part of the Constitution. Absolutely, big deal. Oh, and wouldn't that be wouldn't that be a beautiful thing if our Madam Vice President could uh, could cast a, a vote and a decisive vote in uh, in that moment? It's uh, it's just uh, it's a wonderful thing to see see it come full circle, and of course, uh, uh, one of California's own. Well, it's great to it's great to talk about uh, positive things uh, in women's history, uh, women's history for Women's History Month. Val, thanks so much for for joining me and for the work that you do on this really important. Uh, wonderful important to topic. be with you. Thank you, Carmen. Absolutely. Thanks. Great to catch up with you. Uh, thanks for joining me. And for all of our listeners, uh, we're remember that uh, we're excited that the Rage for Justice report is now on Spotify. So please subscribe on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. So glad to talk with you for Women's History Month. This is Carmen Balber, and you've been listening to the Rage for Justice report.